Praise the Lord. What a blessing to be able to be here this morning um, in whatever state of, of uh, condition we're in in terms of the building. Irrelevant. Because we're here to sing praise, to, to serve our Lord. And what a, what a privilege it is to do that. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, tech team. And uh, as Ron Hagler mentioned, thank you all the different people that made it possible for us to sit here comfortably this morning. And if you love these green chairs, um, you can have one. In fact, some, some people have already got dibs on some. Um, it won't be many Sundays in these chairs anymore. Um, we've got some new ones, different, different color. And so, like I said, if these are your favorites, don't mourn. Take one home with you, okay? Or arrange, arrange to have someone deliver it to you, whatever. Um, praise God that we want to praise him. Don't take that desire for granted. You know, there are so many people, and I'll just pick on our street right here, Francis Road. There are so many people who drive down Francis Road every day back and forth and never have a thought of their creator. Or if they do, they dismiss it quickly as they get on with what they're doing. Don't take for granted your desire to praise his great name, to sing his praise. I mean, this, that's a unique thing, what we, what we do when we come together like this. Dr. Richard Howe, our um, member who's a, a, a doctor in philosophy and, and, and an apolo- a Christian apologist, has um, uh, numerous occasions in his career where he's able to um, debate with atheists. He's, he's told me a number of times how this one atheist, I can't remember his name, this one atheist was talking with Richard. They were having coffee or something before or after the debate because they don't really hate each other or anything. They're just, you know, trying to explain to people why, why they believe what they believe or don't believe what they don't believe, which is really believing something. Um, <laughs> Richard said this atheist said, I really envy you Christians who get together and sing to your God. So I really envy that. We don't, he said, us atheists, we don't really have that. You know, you don't get together to sing about something you don't believe in, you know, or celebrate the fact that you all don't believe anything, you know, it doesn't happen. We get to do that. Not we, some of you are thinking, wait a minute, I have to, you know, I was, you know, I was, I was dragged here against my will, you know. And if you were, think about this for a second. This is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity that we get to start our week. Because again, sometimes we get, you know, get things backwards and think Sunday's the last day. This is the first day of this new week we're on right now. We get to start this week remembering who's taken us through this week remembering the promises of God, remembering that every breath that we breathe this week is going to be because God made that for us. He made it work. He made this invisible stuff that sometimes if we shake hard enough, we can feel. He made this invisible stuff do something for us, give us life. 
every time we breathe it. And we're not going to think much about our breath this week, unless we're working out or, or you're training or something like that, but we're not going to think that much about it. But every day this week, every hour this week, every minute this week, it's going to work for us until it doesn't. And then we meet him. And because of what he has done for us in Jesus Christ, we are also ready for that moment when it doesn't work anymore, when it stops being the breath of life for us, when, 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 our, when our body doesn't receive it any longer. And then we enter his glory if our trust is in him. That's what we're here to think about. That's what we're here to, to celebrate this morning. That's what we're here to, to remember. We have hope this coming week. Not because we have a strong army, not because we have a great country, not even because we have a, a, a great church. We have hope this week because we have Jesus, the Savior, the Son of God, the second person of the great Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has done something amazing for us. The cross that hasn't changed, by the way, with all the renovations. It's still there, and it's going to be there because that reminds us of what he's done for us. That reminds us of God's great love for us that he demonstrated when he sent his son, the Lord Jesus, to die while we were still sinners. That's what we're here for. That's, that's what this is about. This is a wonderful privilege. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, almost to chapter 2 this morning, last section of chapter one as we look at this savior that we have come to worship this morning that we have come to recognize will guide us and take us through this coming week the same savior who's taken our brothers and sisters in christ in ukraine through this week same savior different circumstances but they're gathered together where they can this morning many of them in, in, different, in different circumstances and environments than they're normally in. Vasily Lantuk, our, our, the pastor of our sister church in our association, New Life, over on Old Atlanta Road, um, he's Ukrainian, and he, has, he still has family in Ukraine. He's able to be in contact with him every day, which is, a, which is a great blessing. He said that every town, city, village, hamlet, and there's all those sizes in, in western Ukraine, he said, every town in western Ukraine is a refugee center. We, we're hearing about the, the refugee centers in Poland and Romania and, and uh, Moldova and different places. And there are, there are millions of, of Ukrainians in those, and, and we're a part of that, you know, through Send Relief, through North American Mission Board. We're, we're a part of, of helping with that. But every town in western Ukraine is also a refugee center. He said most families have at least one more family in their house right now. In most cases, people they don't know. And those people who are, there are many believers in Christ, remember this, over these last 30 years in Ukraine, amazing things have happened. Millions of, of people have come to Christ. And in those towns, villages, hamlets, cities, there are worship services going on today. Now, they've already had their morning, but they're probably having evening services 
worshiping the same Jesus that they're counting on to get them through this week also. And remember, the success of that isn't whether or not we, that we're able to finish this week out. The success of that is knowing that Jesus is going to lead us through whatever his plan for us is. Some of us are, are here in, in just dire straits. The things are going on in our lives that are just seemingly out of control, and we don't, we don't know how to get it back. Others of us are just cruising. I mean, life is good. It's never been better. And then lots of us are somewhere in between. The same Jesus is going to get us through this week. The same Jesus is going to accomplish his plans and purposes in our lives. He's made the promises. He's shown us the, 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 the examples. He's given us the testimonies. And we know, remember, the Apostle Paul said this as if we know this in Romans chapter 8. And we know that in all things God works together for good those, for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He's doing that this week in all of us. Using all of his tools, all of his resources, and he has all of them. He can do it any way he wants. And so if you're in that, in that situation where you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to make it through, I don't know what, what he's doing, you do know this, he's doing something. He's doing something in your life. He's, he's not going to let whatever you're experiencing right now, he's not going to let it go to waste. He's going to use it to grow you, and probably not just you, but some others in their faith through your witness, through your testimony, as you walk through whatever it is you're walking through. We're going to see a guy that's going through some of that this morning. Look at verse 40 of Mark chapter 1. And what a privilege to have this book right now. It's amazing. A man with leprosy. Your problems just got a little bit less. A man with leprosy came to him, Jesus, and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Amazing. I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded you for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Now remember what we're doing. We're learning about Jesus. Remember, that was Mark's intent. 
The reason he wrote the letter, the, the Gospels, he says in the, in, the first cha- in the first verse of the first chapter, he says, here's the good news of Jesus, the Son of God. This is, this is who he is. This is, this is what he does. And one of the things about Jesus that Mark wanted to let everybody know, Jesus even had the power to cure leprosy. That's a unique disease or group of diseases. And, and it was sp- specifically mentioned in the Old Testament law how it was to be dealt with. And the way that they dealt with it indicates that in God's view, in his plan, he wanted leprosy, especially for the Israelites, to represent something. He wanted people with leprosy to be representatives, and this doesn't mean that they got leprosy because they were bigger, you know, more sinful than other people, but he wanted people with leprosy to represent what it was like to live in sin. Because in the law, once a person was confirmed to have leprosy, they weren't allowed to live in town anymore. They weren't allowed to live in the house with their family anymore. They were separated from the rest of the people, even their family members. And we're thinking, whoa, that is harsh. It was harsh. That was the experience of this man who came to Jesus on his knees a lot closer than he was supposed to be. And Jesus did the unthinkable. He reached out. And he touched him. This man who was supposed to be outside the camp, was supposed to be in the outskirts, was supposed to be in the shadows, like a person who's walking in sin, is separated from God and separated from the family of God because of their sin, separated from their family, you know, biological family as well. This guy was supposed to be a picture of that. And he knew after all the stuff that he'd heard, the stories were going around. You know, Jesus is just getting started, but the stories were going around. And he knew if he got there, Jesus could do it. Would he? He didn't know. I mean, he was leprous. Would he? Yeah, he would. The man found out. Not just by what he said, but by what he did. Reaching out to touch him. The first touch he'd had in a long, long time. We don't know how long this guy was suffering with leprosy. But we know he was desperate not to have it anymore, so it was probably some time. The first touch he'd had in a long time. And what a picture this is of the compassion of Jesus Christ for the untouchable. There are so many people who don't turn to Christ because they think they're too far gone in their sins. They think they've rebelled too much. They think they've sunk too deep into the, into the muck. This is a great picture to remember. Jesus, Jesus will do something for you. Jesus isn't afraid of you. You're not too sinful for him. You're not too sick for him. You're not too messed up for him. But in this particular case, Jesus is is showing 
his fellow Israelites. Remember, Jesus was an Israelite. He's a Jew. He was showing them God's power over this community-dividing disease and brings healing to that man. And then he continues with the law. Remember this. Jesus came to fulfill all of the law. And this is part of the law. When a person is cured of leprosy in, in Israel, he's got a job to do. He's got responsibilities. He's supposed to go to the priest. First, it was at the tabernacle, then at the temple. So in Jesus' day, it would have been to go to the temple in Jerusalem and make your sacrifices. There were certain sacrifices that were, that were to be offered. You can read about those in Leviticus chapter 14. We're not going to turn to it right now. But that, this is what Jesus is referring to when he says, go and make your sacrifices. Go and tell them you had leprosy, you've been healed, and make your sacrifices. And the sacrifice for the leper is an amazing thing. It was two doves. The one dove was to be killed and put into a jar. And the blood, some of its blood was to be put on the former leper's uh, earlobe. The second dove was to be set free. What a picture. What a picture of the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. What a picture. Most of them weren't seeing that. But the teachers of Israel were supposed to see it. And so Jesus wanted the teachers of Israel to hear this testimony. To know there's some guy up in Galilee, up in no man's land, healing people of leprosy and sending them to the temple as a testimony of his power over leprosy. He was the one that was going to fulfill the work of those two doves or the picture of those two doves. Now, we don't know if this guy ever made it down there or not. He was too busy disobeying the Lord who just healed him, telling people about it. And we can understand that. We, we can easily understand that. How excited this guy is. He's back. He can, he can hug his family again. He can go to work again. He can go to synagogue again. He's clean. Now, it didn't, you know, it didn't work into the plan that the Lord Jesus had, not that the Lord Jesus didn't know it was going to happen. Obviously, he knew. He wanted him to go straight to the temple and take care of that business, then come back and get back into life. Instead, he just made it harder on Jesus to get from place to place and to do what he came to do, but it didn't stop him from doing it. But Jesus is making a great, great point about himself in doing all of this that day with that leper showing himself to be the Son of God, the fulfillment of all the Old Testament passages that speak of the Messiah coming with healing power, coming to set captives free. There was a captive. You were a captive if you were a leper. You were in jail. And he set this guy free, just like the Old Testament prophets said the Messiah was going to do. He was identifying himself as that Messiah. He was 
following the law. He was upholding that law that he wrote. Remember, Jesus wrote the law about the, about the doves. He gave that to Moses. He, he knew how that was going to picture what he was going to do with this guy when he was in his earthly ministry that was still a long time off when Moses wrote the law upon his inspiration from Jesus. Jesus was showing a lot about himself in this particular case. But he was showing, most of all, more than that he could heal a leper. He was showing that he could bring peace back to a man who was separated from God, who was separated from the community, who was separated from his family. He could bring peace. He could restore that man to God. And that's something for us to remember about Jesus. The Jesus that we come together to worship and serve every Sunday morning and and many of us, lots of other times in between. He cares about us. He has compassion on us. Oh, he doesn't always, he doesn't always heal us the way that we would like him to heal us in the timing that we'd like him to heal us. He doesn't always do it just like he did in this, ca- in this case. He doesn't always just, you know, touch and boom, it's over. Sometimes he touches and says, I'm going to get you through this in a different way. I got, I've got stuff for you to learn. I've got stuff for you to do. I've got people for you to, to influence in a, in a better way. And you'll eventually get it. You'll eventually see it and you'll eventually be really happy. So it would be good for you to go ahead and thank me now. But even if you don't, you're going to thank me because this, what I'm going to do through you is really good. Whatever the case, however he deals with us, he cares about us. He's conforming us into his image. He's conforming us to be compassionate people just like he is a compassionate God. Some people in, in that process of being conformed to the image of Christ some people are just overwhelmed with compassion and that's all they can do is just be compassionate they they spend their lives just helping people however they can help them it's an amazing thing some of us are like that all of us should be moving in that direction because that's who Jesus is that's what Jesus does And if he's growing us, we're becoming more and more like that. We're not perfect at it. We all know the the moments of life when there are just no words. We, We just don't know what to say. And to open our mouths would probably be a mistake. But sometimes the compassionate thing to do is just to be there. Or just to be around, within range, if that suffering person wants some help or senses, a fa- senses that they need you, that you're just around, you're, you're in, in touch, in contact. Other times there's something literal that we can pick up and do and help. Some of you read the newsletter this week about the guy that I found out about from Mud Camp, Kentucky. A lot of you are, are not familiar with Mud Camp, um, and you're thankful. 
Just this guy. Just this guy who was like Jesus. He went to church on Sundays and he saw no reason why those two kids of the sharecropper that he knew down the street shouldn't go to church and so he invited them to come with him every Sunday. They went with him and he found out through that process of taking him to church that 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 boy that he was taking to church did not want to become a sharecropper. And this man had some means and so he saw to it that that little boy when when he graduated high school could go to Moody Bible Institute. And then from there, University of Illinois, U.S. Navy, Pacific Theater, World War II, back to University of Illinois, Dallas Theological Seminary, finally landing at Bryan College. Recruited me as a high school student. Like most basketball coaches, he was a Greek and Hebrew professor. Recruited me. (laughs) When the coach invited me on campus, he said, Rop, you come play ball at Bryan, I'll get you ready for seminary. Sold, because that's what I was going for. I never knew about that guy that, from mud camp that had the compassion of the Savior. Honestly, I'd never heard of mud camp before. There are people like that all around in the body of Christ looking for ways I mean, nobody told him to do that. Nobody, there's no book, you know, in the Bible or, or book on the Christian bookshelf or, at the, or I guess on the internet that, um, that says that, it says how to do that. You just do that. That's what Jesus did. Now, he's the son of God, and we see that in this. It helps us believe in him even more when we see these stories. It helps us love the word of God even more when we see how he brings it all together. But it also should inspire us to be more like him. Not so that we can be saved. Remember that. The the being like him is not to be saved. The being like him is once we're saved, he makes us like him. The being saved is, is being a lot like this leper and saying, Lord, if you're willing, you'll forgive me. And Jesus will say, in that case, I am willing. Because he's not willing that any should perish. He wants everybody to receive him. Most don't. But John said this, but to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Praise his name. That's us. That's you. Even if you haven't received him yet, you can. Because the offer has been made to you. To everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can do that this morning. You can do that here in this room. You can do that where you are online. It doesn't matter where we are because he's there with us. Banner had it. And by the way, if you're missing Kevin and Katie, they're going to be at Wolf Lodge in six days. All right, that's what she wanted to tell me. I love these kids. But Banner knew it. Banner knew knew that Jesus is everywhere. He's watching us. And he's listening to to every single person who will finally say, I give up. 
I can't do this. I can't do this life. I can't earn my way to heaven. I can't make the progress in my life that I want to make. I need you, Jesus. Jesus say, here I am. I'll forgive you of your sins. I'll make you more like me and I'll give you heaven when it's all over. In my glory. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so glad to be here this morning. Oh, we're excited about some new look, some new sound. But we're most excited about Jesus. We're so thankful that you gave us this word to, to see him, to, to, to understand him. And we don't fully get him. It's too much, but we see what your word shows us. We see what he's made around us. And we're just so thankful that we know you. Father, for those who don't, remind them right now, this is the time. This is the time to take this one who healed that leper. He's willing to help them see that he's, that he's willing to come into their lives and forgive them, to give them hope and purpose and eternal life through the forgiveness of their sins. Father, help us. Help us to believe. Then change us. Through the renewing of our minds, transform these lowly bodies into something that will give you honor. Like the guy from Mud Camp, Kentucky. Help us to honor you with these lives, with this breath that you've given us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.